The DeAndre Ayton trade rumors will not die down. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll react to the latest package the Suns could be looking at, why they might do it, and what holes they may look to fill with this trade. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start your week. Happy Monday. The Suns are back in the center of the news cycle, so we are taking a slight departure from our season preview series. We'll do one segment on it at the end. But if you are new to the show, if you're finding us for the first time, or if you just have not done so already, hit follow or subscribe, become an everyday, or get locked onto the Phoenix Suns each and every Monday through Friday from here on out through the end of the season. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube, so just hit that button and come along for the ride. Brandon Duenas is here, as he is every single Monday, to help us talk through the latest. We have a report from Jake Fisher on the Lillard sweepstakes and current state of affairs. We have more from uh, PHNX Sports locally that all kind of add up to the same place, which is that DeAndre Ayton is very much on the table, Brandon, and uh, it seems like the Suns are exploring packages much like we expected, dating all the way back to last summer when we were looking at uh, sign-in trades and even this summer with some of the offers from Dallas and other places, breaking DeAndre Ayton up into multiple role players the, the current most likely offer from PHNX and other places seems to be that the Suns would get Yusuf Nurkic from Portland, Caleb Martin from Miami, and TJ McConnell from the Indiana Pacers. Um, we can talk about the fit of some of those players next, but what did what's your reaction just seeing this all blow up again, kind of out of nowhere when we thought that DeAndre Ayton would likely just be a Sun until at least the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's just never going to end at this point which uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday is just like, mm-hmm. I, I hope if they do trade him, it's it's before the season starts because going through another mid-season trade, going through all the chemistry issues and trying to figure figure out how to mesh uh, in just a couple of months before the playoffs, especially with potential injuries and all that stuff. Like it's just, it would just be another mess. So if they are going to trade him, I hope they just rip the bandaid off now and, and just get it over with. Um, because if, if that's where they're leaning, uh, I definitely... In that package, I, like I've been pretty public about not being too thrilled about Nurkic. I don't think he's a, a championship caliber starting center. Uh, I, I truly don't think he is. But I, on the other hand, I really do like Martin and McConnell as role players on this team. So uh, if there's a way to, to grab those two guys and maybe flip Nurkic with some some other, you know, assets for for another center, then that's an, that's the route I would definitely be interested in. But for me, it just comes down to in Vogel system, just having that defensive anchor. It's just Nurkic is not that guy um, that I'll go on the record and say that, like, I think he's, he's not as bad as some people think defensively, but I just don't uh, with how desperately the Suns are going to need interior defense and with, with their current personnel, like I think it'd be vital to have yeah. someone that can either protect the rim or switch a little bit uh, defensively and move. And he can't really do either of those things. Yeah. He struggled with injuries 
three of the past four seasons, I think you would have to say. I mean, even the, mm-hmm. the year 21-22, he played 56 of 82 games this past year, 52 of 82. Um, block percentage has gone down. He had the one season uh, during the COVID year that he only played eight games. That was obviously the pretty gruesome leg injury that he suffered. So um, the, the availability and the health would be a, another player on this team that has that concern. He is only 29. That feels impossible, but it is true. Um, I think I've come down a little bit off of the Nurkic side of things since I initially saw it. I, I, I might be able to be convinced of him, but again, we'll get to some of the specific stats and fit stuff in the next segment. I think just to me, this says flat out that that James Jones, uh, whoever in the Suns front office, maybe maybe everybody in the Suns front office. I don't know how many defenders DeAndre Ayton has there any longer, and as a kind of secondary thing to that, it just feels that the Suns are are ready to de-invest from the center spot, but also kind of de-invest from defense, I guess you could say, um, depending on who they get, right? If they were to get Martin and McConnell, those are both two good defensive players. It would be more perimeter defense than interior defense, but it's still a roll of the dice, even in 2023, to not have a, a surefire difference maker who can protect the paint and match up to the bigs that that really still dominate this league, whether that's big like Giannis or a big like Jokic, you still have to match that. And to not even have an obvious answer is a risk. Um, so that's that's really my read on it. They, they are just tired of Aiton for contract reasons, for temperament reasons, for effort reasons, whatever it is. And as a result of that, they've just kind of gotten disenchanted from the whole idea of of even spending money on on centers and 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 interior defense at all. And they're ready to kind of break that up and make this thing even more versatile, even a little smaller. But does that feel like is it right of me to call that a risk? Because on the one hand, you're not stopping Nikola Jokic, but he's also not the only guy that I think you have to have an answer for every night in the NBA these days. Yeah, and it really does seem like if if they do, uh, if they are as advanced in these talks as it seems, and they are shopping in this heavily, that they are, like you said, they are just kind of they already have in their minds that they're going to move on from him. So to me, it's just like, um, what's the best possible offer you can get? And if this is it, yeah. and you're you're set on trading him, and he doesn't want to be here, then uh, I think it makes like I said, it makes sense to rip off that bandaid. And I do like those role players. Um, but like you said, in the West, there's so many there's so many versatile bigs and and teams you have to worry about not just protecting the paint, but just ma- as playing team defense as a whole that it's going to be vital. Yeah. So I think uh, when you really look at it from that standpoint, is like it just comes back down to that that simple point that I just don't think Nurkic could really be that that anchor on a on a championship level team, and that, that that's where I'm just kind of like torn. Um, because obviously Aiden has not shown that since 21 really consistently either. So it's not like it's, it's sure. He's a sure thing or anything like that, but it's, it's just a tricky situation. And uh, I, like I said, I just, I hope it ends soon. Uh, if, if that's their, if James Jones is kind of locked in on trading him. So just to go through the teams, right. Cause mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Harrison Wynn from DNVR who is a massive nugget stand and that's okay. But he tweeted like, all these teams in the West making moves and like none of them have done anything to actually address guarding Nikola Jokic. And, you know, everybody Ridiculous. made jokes like there's only one Rui Hachimura out there or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah. it's not even just Jokic, right? Like Minnesota, 
they have two centers that you know you might have varying levels of worry about about Gobert or Towns depending on how much you 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 think of them, but that's that's obviously size that you're going to have to match or have an answer for in some way. The Oklahoma City Thunder have Chet Holmgren. The Utah Jazz have Walker Kessler. The Lakers have Anthony Davis. The Kings have DeMontis Sabonis. Even the Grizzlies have, obviously, Steven Adams. The Pelicans, I don't know. Zion's a little bit more like a wing, just like a power wing, but he's there, and they have Valanchunas, who did some damage in the World Cup, uh, as some American players now understand, you know, and then the Spurs obviously have Wembenyama and all the rest. So I just... I mean, I guess you could even put Alperin Shengun in there as I'm looking in the Southwest division, right? So it's like, it it's it's the combination of the fact that there is still centers in this league that it surprises me to have a, a team like the Suns who wants to win the West as soon as they possibly can again, not even uh, invest in that position enough to have like a surefire thing there. But it's also, I think, to the point you're making, the versatility, you know, it's it's like, even if Aiton is a question mark, the one thing that always has made him valuable, even even when he's not played great, is that he can be out there against Maxi Kleba, you know, against Dallas two years ago, and he can be out there against Nikola Jokic, kind of, right? I mean, that didn't go great, but, like, you, you can do that, you know? And when I just listed off all those centers, a lot of them do different things, and I think let, we can pivot to Nurkic and breaking down the fit of these guys a little bit more in depth here, but... That's the thing that jumps out about Nurkic. I think I've come around a little bit on the fact that he can actually maybe be a drop big and just be, you know, Roy Hibbert 2.0 for Frank Vogel. But is that really what you want in 2023? I'm not so sure. So let's let's jump into that next. First, today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. We love DoorDash. We all know DoorDash, and it's the perfect time of year to jump back in with DoorDash. Love the con- if you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. DoorDash is also now offering grocery delivery. And with DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers, too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries, just like you picked them yourself, which basically, of course, you did. If you want even more value, you can save on all that grocery and restaurant favorite with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want them. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. It's a limited-time offer. Terms apply. That's $50 off up to $20. No minimum subtotal, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA when you make your first order. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Brandon, I have some numbers here from the Basketball Index people. They do great stuff as far as really granular, kind of how is this guy at these small individual skills as a defender, as a screener, as a shooter, whatever. We can get through through some of those, but um, I feel like I was talking a little bit about the, the Nurkic fit right before the break, so... What's your idea of how they might use him? What's like the best version of of what Nurkic could be with the rest of this Suns roster as we already know it? Uh, uh, defensively or offensively or just both? Yeah, I mean, let's go mostly with defense because I think we all agree offensively, pretty much anybody could play center for this team, I think. So, yeah. I mean, if you have offensive thoughts, give them to me, but let's let's maybe start with defense. 
Yeah. So I'll just do a quick fire on my offense real quick. I think offensively, yeah. there are some things to like about him. I think he can get you pretty easy buckets down low. Like he's a, he's a decent finisher and uh, underrated passer too. So I think there are mm-hmm. definitely some things to like offensively about his game in this system. But like you said, like, you know, pretty much any center offensively could thrive in this system as long as you can finish like a dunk or a layup. Um, you're going to be getting a lot of clean looks. But defensively, I think that's where the main conversation starts, right, is just – you know, the drop coverage, I think just getting him to move the least amount possible while protecting the rim is kind of the vision with him. Kind of like you mentioned, like Roy Hibbert or even just uh, dating back to those vocal Laker teams where Dwight Howard would kind of camp in the lane and just try to be in the enforcer. But he's he's not a shot blocker. So that's kind of the thing, right? Like he just has to alter shots, get in the way and be in the right spot at the right time, um, mm-hmm. which I think he can do to an extent. But uh, I mean, to be second, honest, at his peak, like de- uh, shot blocking was better than Aiton, if we're being honest, you know. True. That is true. Um, so but it's like for, to your point before where it's like we are kind of talking about the theory of Aiton at times, you know. So I guess that's part of where I'm coming from. When I look back at Nurkic, I'm like, there have been some seasons where if you look at it, you're like, I guess he played pretty decent interior defense, you know. Yeah. So I think there are versions where it can work. Um but I think for him, it's like in this system, there's not like we don't have any like wing stoppers. We don't have a ton of point of attack. So it's going to really come down to team defense. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on someone that's not known for that at all. Like he's had his moments and like he's I think he's capable of rotating and and uh, playing that drop coverage in, in the Vogel system. But it's again, it's just it's, it's a tough task for someone that's, uh, you know, can't move as well as him. Like I think teams are going to just find a way to, to expose him pretty frequently and with how the yeah. Suns roster is currently set up. Like it, to me, it's just, uh, it just adds a lot of headaches defensively that I just don't think will translate well in the playoffs. And I don't think Suns fans will truly, uh, for, for those that are really ready to move on from eight. And like, if you're frustrated at some of the stuff he does and how, uh, you know, the soft label, uh, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. Nurkic, uh, you know, you're in for a little bit of a surprise there with some of the stuff he's, he's done as well. Cause I've, I've seen a lot of Blazers basketball, a lot of Nurkic and, uh, you know, He's, he's talented for sure, but there's some moments where you're just like, come on, dude. You heard it here. Brandon thinks that Yusuf Nurkic is soft and uh, <laughs> doesn't think he can win a championship in Phoenix. Um, no, I, so yeah, look, I think I think that those are the things for me. It's it's the lack of athleticism and mobility compared to Aiton, and it's the lack of versatility of, of ways you can use him in a scheme. Um, I think that what the the way that the Suns built this roster in the first place was largely going to to rely on guys like Durant or Booker or even some of these younger role players like Kata Bates Diop or Josh Akogi to probably be a little bit better defensively over the course of, you know, what the Suns hope is like a hundred game season this year, right? Than they have in their lives. I mean, I guess Durant has a better track record than any of the rest of those, but obviously you don't want to put those miles on him. And we were already having those concerns. This would just put even more of a burden on those players. And that's kind of the problem. Plus you have even less flexibility to manipulate. Okay. Well, you know, if, if Durant's out one night or it's not really working to have him constantly be a helper and and make a, a really big impact like that for whatever reason, then, 
let's adjust our scheme. Well, with Nurkic, there isn't really an adjust your scheme. Most of the time, I mean, he can hedge, which is what a lot of like less athletic centers end up doing, like Sabonis and Jokic. But then that really puts a burden on Durant and Bates Diop to be that backline defense. So you probably don't want to have to do that. And then, you know, okay, he's not going to switch. He's not going to blitz. He's not going to, it's just going to be drop defense at the rim and take advantage of his length and size. Again, those numbers, like every year you look at, his interior defense has actually been much better than you would guess. He just contests a lot of shots at the basket. Like at the end of the day, that that has always been there for him because he is, you know, seven feet tall and and long and at least uh, uh, obviously a good enough player that he knows kind of what his job is. But all of those things worry me. But if we pivot to the other parts of this package, which apparently at one point also included the Suns, trying to get OG Ananobi, which I, it, I think anyone in Phoenix would sign up for that immediately, but I, I just don't really understand. The Raptors do some crazy stuff. I don't really get how they would get, how the Suns would, would get him. That, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So whatever, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen now. But if we even just talk about Martin and McConnell, then it's like, all right, well, if you're telling me Caleb Martin is starting for this team, TJ McConnell is the obvious point of attack defender that this team has been needing if Jordan Goodwin wasn't going to be it for them, then, all right, maybe you could convince me that a more conservative defensive scheme where guys are chasing the ball handler, really playing great on-ball defense, helping in the right ways, and then all you have to do at, at the center spot is have a rim protector. Like, maybe we're getting to a point that it, it makes some sense, what do you think? Are, are those guys like a Martin and McConnell good enough that it would eliminate the concerns about the center spot and make it so that you can roll out somebody like Nurkic? Like, is that a good enough wing and perimeter trio or not trio rotation that you're like, all right, like actually center finally, maybe James Jones's dreams are right. And, and it doesn't matter as much. So I think it would alleviate those con- concerns, not eliminate. Like there's still a lot, um, you know, I think, like I said at the top of the show, like I love both those guys as role players. Like their fits in Phoenix would be awesome. And, you know, I'm signing me up for a Josh Akogi, TJ McConnell, uh, second unit, just chaos, uh, bring all the, the ball pressure, full court, pick up all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely think uh, it would help. And Martin's a very sound team defender as well, very high IQ. Um, and I think he'd fit the system really well. So um, I think it would definitely help. Um, but again, it comes down to just, uh, for, for me, at least, like just looking at if, if we're in the final five minutes of, of a NBA playoff basketball game and, and you could choose between having DeAndre Ayton as your anchor or Joseph Nurkic, for me, it's pretty clearly Ayton. And, and that's that's kind of what it boils down to. Um, and, you know, some people might disagree with that and that's that's fine. But I think uh, I, I really was starting to talk myself into just seeing how he could look with Vogel. Um, at the same time, I think if that relationship is beyond repair and they're, they're mentally ready to move on from him, then, then I totally get it. And I think uh, making that move now to uh, kind of save face and just build for the, the regular season makes sense. So it's a, it's a tough spot. And, and overall, I just, you know, the, the role player, like, OG, that's, that's not going to happen. Like, I would love it. Uh, I just, that, that's just too good to be true. And uh, being a Suns fan, like, I think everyone should know by now is like, it's, uh, it's as great as this offseason has been. Like, that's, you're just not going to get that lucky. Yeah, that would be one. I mean, it, once that name came out, I was like, all right, I get it. Like if if they yeah. and again, Toronto does do things its own way, like the Kawhi trade, even the whatever 
craziness they did with Pirtle. I, I mean, trading a first round pick and then paying him what they did with where they are as a team, like that doesn't make a ton of sense. Like they do march to the beat of their own drummer. And if there was some way that they were going to be getting something, um, I don't know if that that probably still would have been Aiton going to Portland, but maybe if the Raptors were getting something from some of these other teams involved that would have compensated them what they think is properly for Ananobi, then I totally get that from the Suns standpoint because OG is a big, strong dude. If you're going to switch a lot and and have helpers at every position, he's exactly the piece you would want there. He is his own type of on-ball defender. He might not be able to guard everybody, but that alleviates a lot of that too. Um, so I, I, I get it. And I guess to just pivot to the offense for a minute, because uh, I don't want to ignore that. You, you said some on Nurkic, which I agree with pretty much. I think he, you know, as a, as a dribble handoff guy, short roll passer, post elbow passer like he's going to be a better ball mover than I think Deion Drayton has been over the course of his career he can space it a little bit so he's at least somewhat more of a threat on the perimeter than Aiton has been you don't have to plant him in the in the dunker spot or have him constantly roll into the basket he can go to the corner he can go to the top of the arc and and the defense at least has to respect that but from the side of uh, Martin and McConnell I mean I think the thing with McConnell that's obvious, and we we heard his name around the time of the campaign trade to San Antonio. I think they wanted to get Payne, uh, McConnell from the Pacers for Payne or some sort of three-team deal back then. They've wanted McConnell for a long time. He fits exactly, I think, what we've seen guys like Alex Caruso do for, for Frank Vogel's teams. Um, but he's also a point guard on the offensive end. Like He is somebody who really can just dribble the ball up and, and get get the set going. Like That's that that matters um and then Caleb Martin I mean look he's he's taken almost 600 threes in his NBA career now and he's made like 37 percent of them I don't know if he's the 40 plus percent guy he was during like the conference finals for the heat where he almost he probably should have been the conference finals MVP but he is a passable three and D player who seems like he has flashes of being more than that and obviously in high school and college he was more like a a point guard type so I like their fit on both ends um and there is a version that maybe makes some sense but Again, it just it feels like such a big risk. So let's talk about um, what this rotation looks like now, where we might have felt a little bit queasy about it heading in, and if this type of a trade goes in the right direction, I'll let Brandon say his thoughts on Martin and McConnell a little bit more on the offensive end. Uh, we'll do that all after one more break. All right. Uh, let's talk offense, Brandon. What do you think of those two guys as fits on that end? Are they better than rolling with what the Suns had before? Do you think the move would be more about the defensive end and, and reorienting how they're constructed defensively? Do you think those guys would play in like a playoff rotation for sure for this team? Like, If those are kind of the point of the trade, is that good enough for you? Does that really plug a hole that you think this Suns team needed to plug? It's very close for me. Like, I, because like I said, I, I think both of them are, are great fits. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to making a playoff rotation, you, you don't want to be too uh, Clipper-like where you have like 15 guys that Ty Lue is struggling to, to figure out who is his top eight are. And I think that um, it helps with the depth, though, for sure. And I think that that matters for this team, obviously, is that's one of the biggest question marks that I think they did a good job, the, the best job they could have done uh, addressing this offseason. But I think adding... Uh, McConnell and Martin would definitely help with the two certified, uh, I think, playoff rotation players. Um, at the very least, McConnell could, could get a little bit of time in, in, in the playoffs. And I, I, do, I do like his fit just from, like you said, just not having a true 
point guard that can get you in sets on this roster. Like he can kind of help take that burden off of Durant, Booker, and Beal, and and really play alongside any of those guys. So to me, like that, yeah. uh, like McConnell should be, even if they don't do this trade uh, directly, just try to find a way to get him because I think that he would make a ton of sense with with what they need right now. And uh, we'll get more into like what the, the holes are on the roster, but that's that's definitely the the gaping one right there. And and uh, like you said with Martin, like he's he's a solid, uh, just high IQ rotation player. Doesn't do too much uh, outside of what he knows he can already do. Uh, solid shooter the last two seasons. I think he was 41% two seasons ago and 35 last year. And, and then obviously had a, a great playoff run for Miami and has that playoff experience. So to me, it's, it is getting two rotation rotational playoff players, but uh, then at the same time, then that kind of pushes back with, with Bates Diop and, and Utah and some of these other guys that you brought in to, to com- compete. And then the center positions kind of where that, uh, you know, you're going to be relying a lot on Nurkic and, and Eubanks, which is the Blazers, uh, you know, front court from a year ago. So that's, uh, you know, it's it's one step forward, uh, one step back in, in that regard. But it's yeah. about as close as it gets for me. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it really is, like I said at the beginning, you know, it's like it's it's a completely different version of building this roster, but it does seem like the way that James Jones has wanted to go for a long time, you know, and we've heard that for a while that he in his perfect world he would have a center i mean honestly Nurkic is probably more expensive on this contract than than what even what jones would want to spend like if he could get you know eubanks and then somebody you know like i looked on the the you know current free agents left it's like willie hernan gomez like honestly i wouldn't be surprised if if jones would would love that as a and then Durant at the five as like you know one one small potential option but yeah I'm not positive TJ McConnell is a is a you know NBA finals rotation player given what he does because he's not a great offensively he is a a ball mover and a pull-up mid-range shooter that's that's basically it and then defensively what he doesn't have that a lot of these other guys like him you know I mentioned Caruso is the like the the plus strength to guard bigger players like Alex Caruso was basically the power forward for last year's Bulls uh, by the end of the season they were starting Beverly Caruso Levine DeRozan and um and Vucevic and Caruso was guarding you know we were all remember he guarded Siakam in the play-in game and and Butler in the play-in game and that's not what McConnell is and so if you're talking about kind of like a one or two position defender who has a very limited role offensively. Like, I'm actually not positive that guy is playing minutes when your rotation gets down to seven, eight players. And then Martin, I think, would, but I think that's the one that has the most overlap. And so to get to the Suns' current roster, like, and that's the season preview part that I we are going to technically be doing today. One of the questions I had was, like, which of the role players is actually going to matter the most this year? That's That's the question of 13 questions for today that we're now getting to 27 minutes in. But, um... I think wing and forward, he's a better defender. He's more athletic than anybody the Suns currently have outside of a Kogi, but um, I don't think that's what I would have said, like, go get that, right? I, I don't I don't think that was their biggest need. So it's nice to have him under contract long-term, and I think he is an upgrade. But if you're telling me it's like a slight upgrade at a position they already had, and then McConnell, a guy that we're not positive, would play a huge role toward the very end of the season, like... Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a good trade, but how much better does it actually make them, I think, is an open question. But do you agree that kind of like that that Martin type was what they already kind of had the most of after the offseason? 
I do. Um, I think it's kind of a, you know, you look at their, their current wings and like they, they have, I think the, the reason Martin makes me a little bit, uh, a little bit higher on him than just like a Kogi or some of these other guys is like, yeah, his, is it just balanced attack on, on both ends. Whereas like a lot of these guys kind of have one specialty or they're just, you know, they're going to come in and do one certain thing. And I think Martin fits a bill where he can, he, he's a little more versatile in terms of like, he's not going to kill you on either end and he's going to hit open shots. And that's kind of exactly what they need. So to me, uh, I think that places him in front of some of these other guys that whether like it's Utah just coming in just to shoot or a Kogi just for the defense, Martin brings you a little bit of both. So I think that's, that's the thing that sells me on that fit the most, I think is just, uh, you know, and I think pushes him above both those guys and, maybe even Pates Diop in, in the playoff rotation if it really boiled down to it, uh, just because he's a little more of a proven shooter than than him. Yeah. So I think, uh, to me, that's that's where he would be like a surefire, like eighth man, really, in the rotation, maybe seventh man. Um, yeah, and McConnell's is really more like matchup, just dependent on who they're playing. Like if it's a Warriors, like I could see him being necessary to, to chase stuff around and just, you know, come in for five minutes to provide an energy spark. But again, again, it's not like a, it's not like a burning need for them to go out and get someone like him. Like you mentioned Caruso would be awesome. Uh, kind of in that Marcus smart mold where he can guard up and, and play physical. And uh, that, to me, just getting, getting another point of attack guy that can guard up w- would be a uh, more of a priority than a smaller guard for sure. Yeah, which maybe maybe that is just Booker at the end of the day, right? Like what we're talking about yeah. at the biggest moments of the season in April, May, June. Like maybe maybe that's just Booker, and they're not going to get Caruso or Smart anyway. Those those guys are well. The Bulls were involved at, apparently at one point, but I would not be trading Caruso for less than a first round pick if I was them. Um, on yeah, the Chicago's a team to watch. They they might they might blow things up here, so there there could be something there. But I don't think the Suns really have what it would take to to land him at this point yeah and the, 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 the other thing to mention yeah exactly the other thing to mention that uh obviously buddy healed is on the market i, I don't I, I think that actually would would be an element for the suns but what i was going to say uh salary wise is nurkic mcconnell and martin part of why I, i'm like ro- running with that so much and we're talking about those guys so specifically one it's been reported but two the salaries match up almost perfectly with DeAndre Ayton. So that's that's part of why I, I kind of buy it. Um, and so it's it's hard to swap other guys out. Like I have Miami, Portland, and Indiana's rosters up on my screen right now, but it's like, you know, again, healed, not so much an option. Like Isaiah Jackson in Indiana feels like a guy defensively, athletically, who could be an interesting center. But I think the Suns are only involved here because they've expressed a willingness to take Nurkic which the Heat probably don't want to do so then it's like all right you know like Duncan Robinson I think could make sense here I've thought that for quite a long time but he makes 18 million dollars he's he would have to go in place of Nurkic and then where's Nurkic going and then Portland it's like you know I guess the the two guys I could see getting swapped in or out of this thing that maybe haven't been that I haven't said yet would be Nasir Little from Portland not really sure he's more athletic than Kata Bates Diop, but like, are they really that different at the end of the day? And Bates Diop can shoot more. Um, and then maybe Daniel Tice uh, could be a center 
possibility he makes pretty close to the same amount of money as TJ McConnell. I think you could probably swap him in, but I, I probably would just rather have McConnell at the end of the day if, if we know the Suns have to take Nurkic because they already have Metu on their roster as well. Bol Bol, Udoka Azabuki on a two-way. Like You don't really want them to keep adding more centers. It's like you just want them to have one that makes sense. So yeah. it's a weird spot, but I don't really know what else this trade could look like if it's going to be these four teams. It kind of feels like from the Suns' standpoint, at least, it has to be... It has to be this. It sounds like Hero's going to Utah. That's the other one. Uh, would would maybe be uh, like that's in the Jake Fisher thing uh, as a possibility. Um, I don't really know what, what Utah would give the Suns. So it kind of feels like if the Suns are going to get it done and it's these four teams, these five teams, like this is the deal. And it, like you said, it's kind of razor thin if it, if it makes sense or not. Yeah, and Nurkic, like it's, for me, it's like just, He's more of like almost a, a negative asset or like a neutral one at best. Just looking at his contract, just because you know he's yeah, going to make eighteen plus million. I, I think you're yeah, right. eighteen million next year and nineteen uh, the year after. So for a team that doesn't want to spend heavy on centers, um, if you're going to go that route, like I'm, I'm definitely okay with that. I think it, it makes sense, but it has to be a center that, that uh, isn't making close to twenty million and, and not providing kind of uh, what you need. But again, there's not too many of those that exist and that fit uh like you said salary wise to to make that happen so i think it's definitely a tricky spot for them and you know if nurkic is is their solution i think it'd be pretty temporary and they'd look to flip him and probably Mm -hmm. like i said he's i i don't think at best he's a neutral asset honestly i just don't see too many teams being super interested in someone that's you know kind of is who he is and, and making that kind of money at that position so um yeah i mean it's a tough spot i think nurkic to me like before any of the context of the Suns came into it like, you know, I'm on the record on on the Just Basketball show and whatever saying like, to me, that's one of the most hamstringing contracts in the entire NBA, considering that Portland wants to rebuild and reset and they have him on the books for 55, $54.5 million the next three years. Like that's, that's pretty crippling. Yeah. So um, I think in a vacuum, he is definitely a negative asset just in terms of trade. It would be sun- hard for the Suns to flip him. But I guess if you're making the positive case, as we kind of went through, like on a great team with a limited role and a defensive system that's catered to him solely being a rim protector, I guess that's probably the best case scenario for him to succeed. Um, yeah. But maybe Eubanks outplays him again and and takes some of those minutes. Uh, there's 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 been uh, I know some Blazers fans that were, you know, shouting from the rooftops to to have Eubanks close out games and stuff last year. So there's a, mm-hmm. you know, that, that'd be another interesting little uh, battle within a battle if that happens. But I mean, they, they got to have some faith in, in Metu and Eubanks and even Azubuki if, if they go that route, I think. It's crazy, man. I thought we were, I thought this was just the roster. I thought, we, I thought I could just do a season that easy. series <laughs> and just talk about if they could win the championship with these 15. But, you know, it is funny that I, I brought Dwayne on to do the, uh, kind of culture and patience show and then literally that day uh, the eight and stuff dropped it's like all right I guess not guess there's not going to be patience they can't stop tinkering here um, yeah I think this thing this trade whatever it looks like if it's really going to be five teams involved at, at minimum um, it's obviously going to reshape kind of everything about the season with with that many teams that are mm-hmm. you know every team we're talking about is is good outside of Portland and we know they're going to be bad this year if they if they trade Lillard so you're talking about four good teams and then and then Lillard finally leaving the, the Blazers like 
it's going to be it's going to be huge and it's crazy that the Suns are involved but we'll have coverage of it every day right here clearly going to do a bonus emergency show if and when this thing drops if i have already done an episode that day so do not worry there you'll get an extra hit follow hit subscribe read brandon and the good staff over at bright side of the sun talking suns uh all the time in the written form and talk to you whenever this thing keeps going see you guys later